Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm the host. And today I have with me my amazing and beautiful significant other and co-host, Deborah Micus. Hello. And today we'll be talking about rock and lobster roll food truck again that's rock and lobster roll food truck and today representing them is the owner and founder andrew harris and his lovely wife mallory Hello. how are you guys doing hey how's it going good so mallory's a huge podcast fan so we're actually putting her on her own podcast a little bit here so this is pretty exciting <laughs> she's blushing <laughs> a little shy but she'll warm up she's an introvert but she'll come around i know at least we aren't recording it with a video that's the part that i get a little bashful about i we're okay on the mic but recording it uh through video I, i'll freeze you won't even my hands freeze my body freezes my eyes get real wide. So we're never going to do that on the podcast, at least anytime soon, so the audience knows. But so tell us a little bit about yourselves. What brought you to to start a food truck venture? Um, so I have been in the restaurant industry for about 17, 18 years now. Um, it started back when I was about 17, um, graduated high school, and basically didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And my mom said, go get a job or get out of my house. (laughs) Um, so I had a a friend of mine was working as a dishwasher at a local French restaurant in Milwaukee called the Riverside restaurant. And he was like, Hey, you know, we're looking for another employee. Do you want to come on board? And I was like, yeah, might as well. I got nothing better to do. could use some money. And, um, went in there and met up with a, this chef. His name was Thomas Pichong, an old school hippie guy. And I think he's actually still cooking today. Um, he was like 60 when I started there. But um, yeah, he brought me on as a dishwasher. And uh, I think, you know, just for my first day at that place, I just loved everything about the restaurant industry. I loved the camaraderie of the kitchen <laughs> and the people, you know, that were in there that were all, you know, pot smoking alcoholics you know with no <laughs> ambition just loved cooking and i was like geez i fit right in with these guys <laughs> um so i just i just fell in love with the industry right away and uh you know i just went from you know kind of expressed my interest to the guys working there about you know learning some more and they kind of moved me around to different spots in the restaurant and you know, i spent a couple of years there and decided to take the you know go further and went to culinary school and got out of culinary school and you know just worked for other people for years and years and years and i mean we were i felt like i was finally ready to just launch my own business and um that's how we got the food truck idea Um, so did you work all different types of positions were you working front of the house back of the house or did you basically after culinary school just straight into um, cooking and nothing else? right after culinary school it was basically all back of house and i took one job that was a front of house job uh about nine ten years ago because i felt like it was vital you know for my career to kind of learn both sides of it if i if my dream of being a restaurant owner were to actually come to fruition um so i did take a front of house job at a at a bar here in denver and kind of learned some some cool things from that as well you know the ins and outs of the front of the house and the the liquor aspect of it and right. everything so yeah we decided to kind of just put that all together into one business and so from how did you get from Milwaukee to Denver then? Um, so when I was living in Milwaukee, the food scene was just not exciting at all. And I think it's actually come around a little bit more now. But uh, I, I had some friends move out to Denver and I just came to visit them one, uh, one, one year. And I just 
fell in love with the city and there was just the restaurant. It is awesome. Yeah. There's just so many (laughs) restaurants, so much opportunity. And I was like, you know, if I really want to take my career forward, I should probably get somewhere where there's a, a big food scene, you know? Um, so I just one summer just picked up and got into a U-Haul and brought whatever little furniture and clothes I had and got an apartment here in Denver and just found a job right away. And it just kind of picked up from there. Okay, so Mallory, I'm going to make you speak. <laughs> so where do you come into the picture? At what point do you two meet? And how did you guys get involved? So Andrew and I met almost five years ago. November will be five years. Um, I was working at the Dumb Friends League. Um, and I, my supervisor at the time was one of Andrew's really good friends. Um, and one day I just asked her if she had any really nice guy friends. Uh, (laughs) uh, she asked me what I was looking for. And I said, I liked bearded tattooed boys that liked hockey and that were really funny and just kind sold. Um, and so a couple days later I went and met Andrew and we started dating (laughs) like immediately. Ah, so you, Uh, you basically met the whole list. Yeah, (laughs) basically for sure. Well, that's Uh, good. And then we got married this October, this last October in Wisconsin. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) you. (laughs) That's amazing. And well, and to know someone that you described and then found that's pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So then you've met each other, obviously. So what did, what came first, the marriage or the food truck? (laughs) Uh, Food truck came first, but Mallory and I, you know, clicked on, you know, she had been in the hospitality industry uh, for many, many, many years. Uh, She came from uh, Pennsylvania about seven years ago. Seven, yeah. And she was working, she had worked front of the house uh, for basically her entire, you know, restaurant career. So it was kind of like we took this, you know, part of, you know, to start our business. You know, she had experience in the front of the house. I had experience in the back of the house and we kind of, you know, merged together and started this company um so it it was just a cool it's just cool that it worked out that way she understands you know the business just as well as i do Mm -hmm. and uh, we can always you know bounce ideas off each other and uh okay so so you so andrew you do this full-time this is my full-time yep and Mallory, you also still work at the Dumb Friends League, correct? Yeah, so I work at the Dumb Friends League, and then on my days off, I'm on the food truck. So as a couple, how do you guys manage that? Because, I mean, food trucks, I mean, obviously you guys have kind of crazy hours and weekends, and so a lot of time on the truck. Uh, so, yeah, my full-time job is obviously the food truck, and I'm I'm working, my 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 life is dedicated to this truck. It's six to seven days a week, 12 to 13 hours a day, you know, and, uh, my day starts a little bit later than Mallory's does, but you know, she gets, she works from about, you know, 8 AM to 6 PM and, you know, her job is not the easiest emotionally for her. <laughs> sure. um, so, and I get home, you know, probably around 10 30, 11 o'clock at night, you know, we just try to spend every waking moment that we can be together with each other just because it's, it's, it's just so hard to find time. Right. I just spend with each other. Uh, and like we were saying before, this is our day off together and we'll, we'll be around each other, you know, every second of the day yeah. that we can find time to be with each other. <laughs> it's definitely challenging, you know, and, uh, she's definitely supporting my dream, right? you know, and she's, she's very, very helpful and supportive and, you know, you couldn't ask for someone better to help you through this crazy ride. <laughs> 
Well, that's good. Team effort. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, you hear from entrepreneurs. I mean, it really is a team effort. And whether it's one person at home juggling home life and the other person doing the entrepreneurial thing or them collectively finding balance in that and so it sounds like you guys have a little bit of both actually yeah it's it's great it's a great we're a great team you know we always say we're we're the best team for each other we work really well on the food truck together yeah too. we work very very well together <laughs> you kind of have to very small space it's a very very small space <laughs> yes it could go poorly pretty and so do you guys still keep it mallory your front of the house and andrew your back of the house on the cold days, we like to switch it up, and I'll cook. That's a good otherwise idea. Otherwise, I'm frozen in yeah, the window. She, she could do the whole job without me if I wasn't <laughs> right. there. No. She's so trained in the whole thing. Where can people find the truck? Where are your common spots, and then what are other things you float between and you know events you look forward to every year and that type sure. of stuff? Sure. So we try to go as, as all over, you know, wherever we can. Uh, we, we go into Centennial, uh, Denver, Aurora. We just started making uh, our way down to Castle Rock. Uh, we come out to Littleton as well. Um, so we have a pretty much, you know, our schedule's pretty, it's full a rotating time. schedule. It's like a, bi, it's, it's full. Yeah. It's a, we kind of go places bi-weekly. You know, we have the breweries that we like to do and we do caterings and stuff, but, uh, you know, all our full schedule can be found on our website. Um, and on our Facebook page, we try to post pretty regularly. Why don't um, you plug your, your locations? People can find you in terms oh, of like sure. your um instagram and sure um you mean as far as the locations are or as there are the breweries or oh, where sure. you guys go yeah i mean we go into golden we go to new terrain brewing company in golden uh we go to bruise beers which is kind of adams county like 67th and pecos area okay. i believe it's a little bit more north towards westminster right um we go to centennial area we go to uh, lone tree lone tree brewing company resolute brewing company that's in Centennial. Halfpenny. Halfpenny Brewing Company in Centennial. Um, 222 Brew is another big one for us. That's also Centennial, Aurora-ish area. Uh, Comrade Brewing in Denver, kind of the Glendale area. Um, we go to St. Patrick's, which I believe now is Blind Faith Brewing Company here in Littleton. Uh, Living the Dream Brewing in Littleton. There's just so many to name. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. you're, you're all over the place. Yeah, we are de- yeah, we're definitely all over the place. So how did you come up with the name and why, and why lobster? So <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> lobster is delicious. It's just one of those things that you just can't find here. So when I had the idea of starting a truck, we definitely wanted to like stand out from, you know, not, not to, not to bash them. I mean, like there's just taco trucks all over Denver. There's pizza trucks all over Denver. It's like, what can we do? Wings, Wings burgers. I mean, what can we do to be different? And there's just, it's just, lobster's just not a thing that you find here. Like, really good, fresh Maine lobster. And, I mean, we, um, it was like, we thought we'd just give it a shot, you know, see what, how people would respond to it. I mean, we just didn't know if people would know what it is. Right. I mean, and obviously, you know, our price tag is a little bit higher, you know, than the taco trucks and the burgers. Right, your ingredients are higher. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because we order in our product straight from Maine. It's overnighted, mm-hmm. you know, and then immediately cooked, you know, broken down and portioned. And, you know, it's just, it's quite, it's quite the task <laughs> to I get bet. it all done. And I think that's why a lot of people don't do it here is because, you know, you really have to like, 
do a lot of research right. to get you know the, the correct product and get it in and build relationships with the people on the East Coast and make sure you're preparing those products correctly. It's right. not as easy, you know, just dropping it in water. I mean, there's timing and preparation. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Well, and also you don't want, you know, your food costs, you don't want to have any waste because the ingredients are expensive. Right. And so you want to make sure you're really managing right. that. And that's one thing that's really, you know, our truck sells out of food almost every day. I mean, that's good. Yeah. We're scheduled, you know, for about four hours a day during the week and about seven hours on the weekends. And it's a given. I mean, if you're going to come to our truck 30 minutes before our close, you're, you're pushing your luck because <laughs> there's a chance <laughs> that you're probably not going to get our food just because we sell out of it so much. I mean, and it's great. It's a good thing because we don't, we don't like to sit on fresh products for more than one day. Right. So what's like a day in the life? I mean, cause you probably, you have to do your prep work and you're probably right. not prepping on the truck, you know, yeah. while you're cooking, that's all got to be done. Um, so, you know, we wake up really early and our delivery comes. Um, and we take it straight to our commissary kitchen and get it in the water and cooked and broken all down and portioned out. And then, you know, that happens early in the mornings. And then we start, you know, getting ready all the other ingredients uh, for the day, all the uh, the cheeses that we use. for our, We make our, cheese, our fresh cheese sauce, you know, for our lobster mac and cheese and uh, get all our... Uh, other things portion out. I know I'm kind of rambling right now. No, it's awesome, <laughs> it's, and I really want you to get yeah, into details. what's yeah. in your menu. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. Tell yeah. us your menu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. grilled cheese, you know, with the lobster in it. I'm like, well, that sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so we do lobster grilled cheese, lobster mac and cheese. We just started doing these like crab cake bites. Yeah, those are pretty. Those have been pretty good. We <laughs> sold out of those in like two days, so now we know we got to do more. I never got to try that. <laughs> she never got to try. What? That. I, know. <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> Uh, we, we order on whoopie pies as well. It's kind of like an East Coast traditional dessert. Um, you know, a chocolate cake with like a butter, vanilla filling, buttercream filling. Do you do it from scratch? We order that in from Maine. And actually, okay. I think a lot of the East Coasters out here prefer that. It's a company called Wicked Whoopie. Okay. And we have people that say, you have whoopie pies. Is it Wicked Whoopies? And we're like, yes, it is. And they're like, yes. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. I actually grew up on the East Coast in uh, Maryland, so we're more crabs than lobster. But I do know the whoopie pies. And yes. I do know that every time I went north up into New England, man, oh, man, you had to have one. And yeah. I totally forgot about it until you just said it. And now I'm like, we're going to have to order some for the house, yeah. Deborah, as soon as we're off this podcast. I don't, I don't think I've ever had a whoopie pie. You guys. Okay. From Actually, Colorado. <laughs> here's what we're going to do. We're going to go hunt down the food truck, have lobster. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. We'll set them aside for you. <laughs> awesome. So how did you come up with the menu items? Do you change your menu or do you find things that are successful or you try to grow it? I mean, it's you're trying to figure out waste, right? So you're trying to use every part sure. of the lobster you can. But. So we, um, we have our standard menu, things that we keep year-round. And then our kind of philosophy on the whole thing is, you know, is take those east coast dishes those traditional dishes and then put like a really cool street food twist on it because at the end of the day we're selling food off a food truck you know and it's not we're not trying to sell this white tablecloth you know dining experience you know this is street food and we just like to take that you know those traditional dishes and put that cool street food twist on it so like you know you go to a restaurant you order you know a crab cake and it's served you know on a nice white plate on a tablecloth you know but we were like no let's make these into like little bites that fit into a paper boat you know that you can dunk into a sauce and you know (laughs) right and then uh you know we do our lobster tacos which is a really really popular item and our lobster grilled cheese and we do both our rolls and our lobster mac and cheese which is a big heaping bowl of just 
you know, freshly made lobster mac and cheese. It's so good. Oh That's one of our most popular <laughs> items right now, actually. <laughs> Deborah, I think I want to forewarn you. I'm going to order everything on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. We actually go out to eat and, you know, I'm like, oh, I can't decide if I want this or this. And I always want him to like, you know, form a pact of like how we're going to eat and what we're going to order. <laughs> and so I, what ends up happening is I tell him the things that I'm thinking about. And I'm mm. always like, what are you going to get? And he's like, oh, game, you know, last minute decision. I'm not making the decision. Yeah, and I, then I, what I happens input. This is what happens. the waitress comes and he orders it all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, why do you order like four entrees? There's two of us. And he's just like, cause it all sounds good. Like, I, let's I just try it. I respect it. that a lot. Right? If you don't know yeah. what you want, get several. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> you can tell who the creative one is in this entrepreneur partnership and who like the business minded, <laughs> keep the train know, on the tracks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who's the one behind the podcast all the time. And who's the one keeping it on track? Deborah. Actually, <laughs> well, there's, we both have both of those. Yes, we do. Sure. We both have our creative and, side and our, and our uh, business side for sure. Whatever task at hand side. But so, Let's rewind back a little bit because it's not easy to start a food truck. I mean, you have to design it. You have to wrap it. You know, what was all that like and how did you know what you wanted on the truck? And I mean, it had to be a tough time because you're trying to start this business and you're ready to get it started, but you got to wait for the damn food truck to be done. So I can tell you a very, very interesting story Mm -hmm. that I'm sure a lot of uh, locals here in Denver can relate to. We... um, we had this. I started this idea in about early 2016 to launch this food truck, mm-hmm. and so we went to a local company here in Denver called. They were called Denver Custom Food Trucks, and they were off in the Rhino area. And so I looked. We looked them up, and we, you know, we looked at their Facebook reviews, and they had some decent reviews. And we, and I drove down there, and I met the owners, and uh, you know, I asked them, you know. How much does it cost to build a food truck? What's the time frame? You know, what are other people doing? Um, and so they told me it would cost about thirty-two thousand mm-hmm. dollars to get a food truck, and they can have it done in about a month. So I said, okay, great, thank you for this info. And then they took my name and number down, and you know, I went back and did some research, you know, and about food truck, you know, and what kind of revenue they're pulling in and, you know, how they do it. I mean, how do you get permits to park right. on the street? I mean, there's just so much licensing. I mean, so health let me, can I interrupt you one second? Sure. So you said 32,000. I'm actually a little bit surprised by that number because oh, the story, I mean, the story gets interesting. Okay. Cause I'm like that, that's a vehicle. I mean, we have commercial kitchens. That's the equipment. Yeah. I'm like, you can buy a, a single piece of equipment. That's for that a very, very yeah. false number. Okay. So, <laughs> We, so, you know, we went back to them and said, okay, let's pull the trigger on this and build this truck. And they said, great. And they said, it'll take 90 days. And I said, great, no problem. So they, I said, well, okay, well, do I pay you at the end or how does it work? And they said, well, we'll take half the money now and half at the end. But I had, I had not even seen the vehicle, the vessel, you know, that is going to go in. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll give you, you know, 6000 now. And I'll give you another 10000 when I see the vehicle. I want to test drive it, have a mechanic look at it. I mean, these things are right. old FedEx trucks. You don't know what kind of condition they're going to be in. Right. And he says, okay. So I give him a check for $6,000. And you know, I, sh- I should have cut my losses at that point because... They had me make it out to a specific individual, and I won't say his name because I know there's big lawsuits and stuff going on right now. Um, but I cut out a check to him, and they cashed it immediately. And I went back about two weeks later. I hadn't heard anything, and I said, can we go see this truck? 
Right. So I got in the guy's car and he drove me out to some abandoned lot in Commerce City where there was just this lot of like buses and trucks and everything. And oh my God. We, so we. Did your heart sink at that point? Well, uh, no, because at that point I was just so excited about the whole thing and I was like, oh, cool. Like, which one can I, you know, look at? Which one can I play with? Which one can I drive? Right. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, this, this one's really good. It has low mileage. It has air conditioning on it, you know? And, and I was like, okay, great. And I drove it around the lot and I was like, yeah, it sounds good. It looks good. Let's, let's, let's start with this one. And he said, okay. And that was, I think in April of 2017 Yeah. when I finally, you know, when I saw that and then just, you know, so I gave him another check for 10 grand and I was like, great, you know, three months I'll be checking in every now and then to see what's going on. And, you know, and I continued to get my business ready. I, you know, I got, I had a logo made and drawn up and, um, we figured out where we wanted to do our like grand opening and like yeah. how to start date. Had handed out my business cards to breweries <laughs> all over the city. Started making a schedule. Got a Facebook page launched. Got a website made. Put my whole schedule on it. Everything was like a go, except we had no truck. <laughs> so you're I, like, we had a great food truck business, just no food truck. Just no food yeah. truck, right? Yeah. I yeah. assume yeah. you participated. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. He had no. like 1,200 followers on Facebook before, before we, we even, even opened. Started. That's awesome. Yeah. So I started going back to the place, Denver Custom Food Trucks, to see, you know, what the progress on my truck. And every time I went back there, there was just nothing had been done. And the guy just kept reassuring me. I was like, oh, don't worry. We'll get it done. We're just a little bit behind. You know, everything will be fine. And I was like, okay. And then I, you know, I went back another time talking to the guys like, you know, who's going to wrap my truck? You know, like, how does this work? And he's like, oh, we have this guy here that does it. He'll make a design for you. And then that never happened. And I just kept going back and back. And then, you know, eventually in like May or early June, they said, oh, we have to move to a new location. We're moving to a new warehouse in Commerce City. And I said, uh, okay. He's like, so that's going to delay it a little bit because we have to move all the equipment and everything. I'm like, all right, man. I mean, whatever you got to do, just please make sure this. You're just like a good, nice, honest guy, like yeah, trusting they, they, him. They, and, and, you know, and their operation <laughs> well, looked very legit. Yeah, they had right. trucks all over. There. There's always someone working on something. I mean, it just looked like a great operation, right. you know. Um, people were going in and out all the time. Um, so now we're in, you know, late June, early July. They're in this new location. And we're opening on July 29, 2017, and it's July 1 now, and I still have no truck. Oh my God. So he's like, oh, he's like, oh, don't worry, man. I can get this done in like three or four days. I'll just put enough manpower on it to get it done. I'm like, uh, okay, man. Like, I'm just, I'm starting to get a little nervous here. And are you, you know? like communicating, like, I got an opening coming? Yeah, like, I'm telling all I've been this and advertising it. I'm advertising, yeah, I'm advertising everything, and I'm like, I, you know, I have this big grand opening where I'm expect- expecting two to 300 people now. Like, right. yeah, so I'm just waiting and waiting. And then, you know, coincidentally enough, one day when Mallory and I were walking around town, we saw a sign for another place called Colorado Custom Food Trucks. Right. And she was like, you should just take a picture of that sign just to have it. And I, mean, and I did. And then it had the company number on it and everything. And now we're like July 14. And I still have no truck. Oh my god! The so, heart attack yeah. that you're so, having every minute of every day. I'm, I'm starting to have panic attacks. Like I'm like, how is this going to get done? Like, and then you'd have to do scheduling with health departments, and, right. and I know they're two weeks behind. You know, so it's like, okay, well, we're opening in 15 days, and I don't have a truck yet. 
So I ran. Not to mention, you need to like get in there, figure out how to work everything, play with yeah, everything. Like, I, yeah, you know, absolutely. We're really, we're really coming down right. to how hot the thing cooks. How you know, like, yeah. There's there's a lot of things that go into it. Oh my god. So I call this other food truck place, and some guy, his name was Chris. He answers the phone. And I say, hey man, how long does it take you guys to build a food truck? And then without question, he said, let me guess, you're doing business with Denver Custom Food Trucks. And I kind of laughed and I was like, yeah, why? And he said, how much money did you give him? And I was like, where are you going with this? And he says, how much money did you give him? I was like, I gave him 16,000. He's like, you'll never get your money back and you'll never get a truck. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, this guy has been scamming people in Denver for years. He's oh, like, he, he doesn't so build you truck. He takes your money. He, he looks like he has a legit operation. They're really doing nothing. Um, so I immediately picked up and drove to his uh, place where he's building trucks. And he's actually, while I was there, there was about two or three other people in his building that shared the same story with me about how they um, you know, gave him so... money. Yeah, it was, it was like the most, it's like a, a knife went through my heart. I'm sure. Like, yeah. that's a lot of money to yeah. have just to have to write off. and So... Um, I went home that day and talked to Mallory about it, you know, and I was like, what do I do? You know, I mean, I'm already 16,000 into this. Like, what can I do? And, and we just both decided that like, we have to get something somehow, some right. way. We have to do something. Right. So I went back to this Colorado custom food trucks place, the good place, <laughs> the next day. And I was like, look, here's what I'm dealing with right now. How much does it cost? Can you get it done in two weeks? Right. And they said they can get it done. They actually spent a lot of time helping people that have been scammed by this other guy. So oh, talk about one business model benefiting off of someone else's oh, I mean, oh, yeah. assholeness to use the word bluntly. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> For it was, sure. I mean, I was, I was, so they told me to build a truck cost about 50,000. And I was like, okay, so those numbers make a little bit more sense. Right. To me. He's like, he basically low, low balls these numbers and tell, gives you a number to, to bring you in, to right. suck you in. Because when you do, you know, your price comparison shopping, it's like, oh, I'll go with the cheaper, you know. Right. I'll go with the cheaper guy. Because when you're starting a business, obviously every penny is important. Of course. So we drained everything and <sighs> gave him the 50 grand. And uh, I was at this place every day from morning till night watching them work on this truck. Because I, I mean, just so paranoid. Of course, you had, you know, you yeah. had I mean, been just burned. So paranoid, and they literally. So this, I think they started construction on it on like July 15, 16, mm -hmm. and my truck was in for inspection on July twenty eight, and I opened on July thirty. Oh my! Past inspections with like flying colors. Literally wow. just like did all the prep the day before, like had all the lobster flown in, did all the like, I, and the day before was my birthday too. So I spent my entire <laughs> birthday just like over a stove, just like, right. all I want for my birthday is a successful opening. That's all I right. want. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did the work to make yeah. it possible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank but, God for that guy. Well, so, and it's funny now is that this place, uh, Denver custom food trucks, they, um, the, the district attorney. So I took, I took, you know, my case to, um, a radio show uh, where they were talking about them and the, the host told me he's like you know you're like our 10th caller in the last year Whoa. about this guy he's like there is a lawyer in Boulder that is working on this case um, you should reach out to him 
So I did, and then the lawyer, you know, went, it ended up being with the district attorney's office, and they were reaching out to me, and I gave them all the receipts that I had and everything, and just about a week ago, uh, I went to trial, and the two business partners were, had to pay back four and a half million dollars <gasps> to all the people they scammed out. Oh my God. Which, Although, I, how good of you to like actually, you know, like it sucks that you got drawn into that and you had to whatever, but it's also like amazing that you ended up like that, you know, you don't normally hear about justice, you know, oh, yeah. it's it's a, it's like it doesn't seem time. fair. It took right. a long time. I mean, cause I, I, I've been open now for almost two years. So it took right. about a, you know, a year and a half for something to actually happen. And I, wow. I used to talk to other people, you know, that got scammed by them. And I'm like, how did these guys do it for so long? How did they get away with it for so long? And people told me, you know, they would threaten your family and your life if you called the police or, you know, came oh after God. them or anything. But yeah, justice has finally been served. Do I think, you know, they'll... So will you actually get money back? I don't think so. No. So where's the money think, go when they have to pay? I don't think they have it. Honestly. That's what we're wondering is like, if they don't have the money, then what happens? I, I, don't, I don't think they <laughs> is, have it. So are they... It's, it's like Bernie Madoff or whatever. Like he didn't have the money to pay back, even though the court declared he had to pay it all back. But will there be like jail time where or you something? Can borrow the money, like you borrow the money from the local government or something and you have to pay it back in installments or something but these guys are so shady but even like, that's kind of funny like they're going to borrow money to right. pay back the court system you know, right. it's like taking a lot of one pocket they're, putting they're, it in the other I heard a story about a guy that like got drunk and accidentally burnt down a school and he was sentenced to pay like a million dollars and he didn't have it so the what? local government lent him the money and he <laughs> paid back the school and then yeah, then he had to just pay back the government like for the rest of his life. Right, because I'm sure um, the interest on that was... Oh, I'm sure. Now we yeah. really know why there's no drug use and alcohol at schools. It's not for the children. <laughs> it's just someone doesn't burn down the exactly, place. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> these guys are so shady. Like, there's, I highly doubt any money will be handed out. I don't even think they have it. And if they do, they're hiding it. And if they are hiding it, they'll pick up and just leave the country, I'm sure. You know, it just... This is the thing, right? Like, think of how many times you talked with that group and that guy and whatever. Mm-hmm. And if that guy put that much energy into being a businessman he'd probably be successful you right. know what I mean like instead of For being sure. a shady dude trying so, to scam people like he could actually do the work yeah, and I think, make money I think their biggest legit. problem is that they were promising way more than they could deliver and they're basically just taking on new clients all the time without being able to do it. And I think, I mean, they might have started off as a good company and then just got, I mean, the food truck scene here is so popular right now. I mean, the guy that I go to, you know, if I ever have a little problem with the truck, he fixes it up right away. I mean, they're he's amazing. all, they're all there. And they're called Colorado Custom Food Trucks. The owner's name is James. <laughs> and I'm going to give him a shout out right now because he saved my life. Thank you, James. <laughs> yeah, thanks, James. And <laughs> Justin's always really good about putting notes and stuff in, in uh, when he po- posts all the podcasts. And yeah. so he'll be sure to do that. And but, yeah. But, hashtag him and stuff too so he gets you know but these guys i mean they they're always 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 having trucks being built i mean always building trucks and you just wonder like where are all these trucks going it's right. crazy crazy and it's like yeah i mean when you're when you're a good businessman you know and you charge fifty thousand dollars you know i mean they obviously built my truck out really quickly they were staying late at night uh, past their operating hours. That's amazing. They did pizza and beer. I was bringing them pizza and beer every day. <laughs> we were just so to, grateful. Uh, just, just to keep these guys motivated, too. Right. I mean, yeah. they're working 14-hour days just to, just to help people like me, you know, that got screwed over pretty bad. 
Um, That's really cool though. Yeah. You know, like as, as horrible as, as it is of what you had to go through, like to end up with someone who just so came to bat and like right. stayed yeah. in the trenches with you to make sure you got to hit your timeline. And really, they hooked cool. Andrew up with the wrap company that did the food trucks wrap. Yeah. And they had a design like red, oh, yeah. like Andrew chatted with them like a few times and they had that perfect design. Which There's a just... lot of things that had to happen to make sure this basically from building the truck to having it wrapped to having an inspection to opening there was a lot of things that had to fall and like the the stars and the moons all had to be aligned perfectly <laughs> and i mean someone was looking down on me that it was week. meant to be it was meant to be For, and it was it's, meant to and it's, be. we just haven't looked back since it's just been so great ever since and we you know we were definitely very humbled opening the truck we had been through so much before we had even started the business right. that it's like everything after that was like a cakewalk almost <laughs> except the grand opening was madness we had no, no idea no, what was, was about to one. happen. Yeah, tell us about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so there was like 250 people. So we did the grand opening at Comrade Brewing Company, okay. which is um, kind of like one of the main breweries that we started with. Right. Um, it's a cool brewery, big open space. Um, but yeah, we packed that brewery. They were calling in bartenders because they were not That's prepared so for fun. what happened. Neither were we. We had no idea. So, and uh, so how quickly did you run out of food? Um, we actually did okay that day. I was pretty well prepared for a busy day, but at the same time, we just didn't know what right. we were getting into. I didn't know if 20 people were going to show up or 4,000 people were going to show up. We had no idea. Um, we had no soft open going into it. We just had no time. So there was no time to get the kinks out or anything. Right. So we basically, I got to the location about two hours early. Good, my friend Nick... Um, who I've known for years. He kind of a, he's a front of house, back of house guy. He uh, he volunteered to help me out that day with the cooking and Mallory. You know, I was working the window that day. And it was uh, the three of you. It was just the three of us. <laughs> oh my gosh! There's not that much more room on there. I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. But still, you're like, oh my gosh. Um. So yeah, we we got there and we opened the window. And when we opened the window, there was just a line, just down around the block, and we're like. Oh my Here we God. go. <laughs> and, this, and this is funny. This is the first time it ever turned on the flat top to that truck. And it just like went black immediately. Just like just charred. And I was like, oh man, this is not good. So there was one area of the flat top that I had not turned on. So the carryover heat kind of went over to this like five square inch area. Oh God. <laughs> and I was cooking for like 400 people off this like little, little corner on this flat top. Just like tickets piled up, backed up. I think we had we had Andrew's mom running my food. Mom, my mom was there was, running uh, food to people. The yeah. best British accent ever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're just cooking up this little area and just 40 tickets, 50 tickets just backed up, piled up. And I'm like, what have I gotten myself into now? But, you know, we got all the kinks out. We have a system. Mm -hmm. Obviously, everything's good. The flat top is not burning every day. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Got it honed in. Yeah, like I said, we were very, very humbled <laughs> from the get-go. Well, having the hard knocks at the beginning, really, it's almost, you you know, people refer to starting an entrepreneurial business like drinking water out of a fire hose, but you really had, <laughs> right. I, I don't know what it would be like, because it's, no, it's bigger than a fire hose. It'd be yeah. like a I dam mean, bursting. Right, Hundreds yeah. of people trying to feed them, and yeah, brand yeah, new truck. Brand new truck, and... We just the, had no idea how popular we would be. I mean, in our popular, I would 
mean, but that uh, had to be a great feeling too. So as much as like it was like, oh my gosh, the stress. You're probably also like, this is going to be awesome. Like, what have I gotten myself into? This is a mess. How am I ever going to fix this? But then, you know, when you look back at it now, you're like, it's so worth it. And yeah, it is a good feeling to know that. You know, we have so many followers and so many great reviews and so many, I mean, so many people come back, you know, multiple times a week to have our food. And I mean, it's just so awesome. Yeah. And when I've asked around um, Denver um, and and trying to recruit for the podcast and stuff, everyone pointed me at at you guys to, they're like, oh, but you know who would be really good on the podcast and and told me to reach out to you guys, which is why I direct message you on social media because I'm like, okay, like, there's all these other food trucks who want to be on the show, but they're all saying I need to interview this these guys and, That's and this cool. food I truck. Know. I did not know that. Yeah, That's well, cool. and I mean, competition is a good thing, and they also they're like wherever the uh, rock and lobster roll goes, I'm never going to get it right. It's like a tongue twister <laughs> tongue for me, which is part of the fun. Which we'll ask you about the name in a second, but sure. it's um, but it's kind of funny because when you are one of the better ones people want to okay they're attracting all these people so if someone doesn't want lobster i want that business that people don't want it's like parking a burger king next to a mcdonald's why because there's people that don't want mcdonald's but right so you know like hotels do it too you know know, they all punch themselves together i shouldn't say the fast food thing but you know it's like deborah and three members of our family like Taco Bell and one member likes Chick-fil-A. So we got to kind of do the drive-thru and Taco Bell and then hit Chick-fil-A on the way. And what ends up happening is I like both. So I get something from each place. But it's the same idea. So I just uh, really complimenting what you guys are doing because if people are willing to follow or know that you're doing something right, it's kind of a a cool idea. It's it's pretty cool, cool, you know, to have people, you know, in Denver that are from... You know, I have so many people. I must have met the entire population of Maine by now because everyone says, oh, I'm from Maine. I'm from Maine. You know, I'm going to put you to the test. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. You know, we're, we're going to give you what we give everyone else, you know. And they say, they come back, they eat, and they come back, and they say, I mean, that, that's just as good as you can get at home, if not better. And the pricing is just on point. And it, it, it's just so awesome to hear that, you know. I mean, people that grew up, you know, with this stuff is from their childhood, you know, and it's like, it's cool. Yeah, it's just a great feeling to know that we're giving someone a true taste of home um, along the way. So, so how'd you come up with a name then? I mean, so we we're you know I I'm a I'm a music guy. I love rock and roll music, heavy metal music, and uh, I was just trying to think. I, I always felt like food trucks need to have like a, a fun, funny name. It can't just be like the burger truck, like, you know, burger restaurant, you know? Yeah. We can't just be the lobster truck. It's boring. Um, What's that? I was going to say, although I think people do call us just the lobster trucks. They they do just call us the lobster truck. That's right. So I was just trying to like figure out a way that I could put, you know, the word lobster roll into something. And then one day I was just like, rock and roll, man. I was like, rock and lobster roll. Oh my God, lobster roll is a thing. We should be rock and lobster roll. Yes, I found it. And I like stopped immediately and like texted her. And I was like, I got the name for the truck. It's rock and lobster roll. And I thought it was too long. She didn't like it at first, (laughs) but it grew on her. (laughs) Well, I think it's great that rock and lobster roll definitely is a catchy name. And I I just, the difference is key because you are correct. And Deborah and I travel all over and we're in the food business. And you see so many food trucks that get overlooked because the name's plain. They may have great food, but if they have a plain name, you know, it's... 
Our truck know? is very uh, eye-catching. I think it's really important to have an eye-catching yeah. truck. You know, I'm like, you know, my good friend Vince drew the logo for us. You know, he's a great tattoo artist. And, you know, we, I just, when, I, when we were designing the outside of it, I was like, I just wanted to, you know, just pop out, make people on the road, turn their head and see, you know? And so we're like, we want like this look of like an old main, like a rusty dock, like on main with some like netting and traps, but just, but just this big giant cartoon character on the side with this, like, with this cool lettering. And yeah, just, it just came together. I'll never, the first time I ever saw that truck completely done and wrapped, my jaw dropped. It was like mm-hmm. the coolest day. I'm glad you actually mentioned the tattoo orders because there's a lot of food entrepreneurs and beverage entrepreneurs that actually turn to tattoo artists to draw their logo because it, they're, I don't know, they, they really embrace the character of someone because that's what they do for tattoos. They get to know someone and they draw the tattoo on their body. So there's a whole, untapped resource out there i think people that are listening in like really like i never thought about it but then i've heard the podcast and all these people talk about it. i mean i have a custom drawn tattoo on my back there's no reason that it wouldn't work and it's true to me and he drew exactly right. what i was thinking and put his own twist in it but like can, it was amazing and it's really good can i plug him right now yeah plug so him. his name is vince miller and if my email is you know on the link on this podcast I will connect you to him for any. He's a, he's an amazing artist. We both have tattoos from Vince, he, and they're incredible. Yes. And what um and where does he work? The shop he was just worked at had just recently closed, and I believe he's kind of looking for a shop right now. But um, he will, I, I believe he'll do drawings for people, um, not just tattoo. And which he's actually, I'm actually taking my logo right now and having Vince draw. Um, the lobster guy logo into some like different scenarios. I, I told him make him fighting Godzilla somewhere, or uh, you know, uh, have him you know coming out of the guy's stomach like in the movie Alien. Yeah, just, that's just awesome. the claw, or have him fighting Darth Vader or something. You know, something like that. And he just sent me some sketches. He uh, he sent me the. We don't have a name for the lobster guy yet. We're still trying to come up with one. But it's a work in progress. He drew the lobster guy in place of the the baby on the Nirvana album cover, chasing the dollar bill in the pool. If you're you, familiar with that, I, I'll push it if you do it. But I think it'd be funny to see what other people and your customers think the lobster should be called. That's a good I one. Do a poll. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I'm just curious because I'm I'm trying to think of something and I can't think of it. It's hard. It's like yeah. I said classic movie scenes or like he's doing. He he sent yeah. me a picture of him uh, lighting the guitar on fire like Jimi Hendrix did. He's he's just so creative and such an amazing artist. So. I definitely want to give him a shout-out. Well, out. and I love that you chose something and, and make it into a character. I think that's so important that people right. do that because it's important in food and beverage now, and it's part of the story, and, and people attach that stuff. There's a whole reason McDonald's did so well with Ronald McDonald, Grummus, and the Hamburglar, right? right? Like, yeah. they're characters for kids, but they really tied you to the image. I can't think of McDonald's without Ronald McDonald. And normally clowns are pretty scary for me. So, <laughs> but we, like you're building a brand. Right. So we have a lot of kids, you know, parents bring their kids to the breweries, you know, and they see the truck and they point in and say Krabby Patty. And I think that's from SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. Or something, but something. yeah, the kids, the kids love it. They all point at it and laugh at it and everything, which is kind of cool. Oh man. I'm, I wish I, ha- I was more clever when it comes to stuff, but it usually comes to me later. But, 
I mean, Lucky Lobster is just comes to mind, but that's not even close to awesome. So there's got to <laughs> oh, be the character name. Yeah, character. Yeah, name. we're still work- we just decided I think the other we day. We want like a rock and roll twist on it. Somebody like super famous. So someone in rock famous. And roll yeah, yeah. With, like I don't know. Still working. Yeah, uh, that's we're, we're thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, someone will come out there. I'm sure there's someone out there that'll come up with something creative. Like, yeah. that'd be kind of fun actually. And the person gets like a free sandwich or something or whatever. If you have an idea? Please just email me. Yeah, email <laughs> it. I, I'm gonna post post it on social Winner media. Winner gets a free so lobster roll. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> or two. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but um, so. Tell me a little more about, I mean, so now you've got this character and you have these ideas and you're running sketches with it. So what's your idea? Where do you want to take it? Is it just to put out on marketing? Is it you're um, I kind trying of, to look at more food trucks? Like, how are you looking to use that? So I have, you know, a bunch of t-shirts with just our logo on it that I wear every day of my life. And I was like, I want to wear it. I just want something different on my shirt, you know? So the idea was just to kind of put them on some shirts and then be, you know, people could kind of catch their eye and maybe giggle about it a little bit and maybe you know possibly one day sell the shirts to people or i don't know we're just uh it'd be cool as stickers it'd be cool as stickers yeah oh man you know you see over there like anyone who doesn't know we're in the studio which is in the my gym slash garage, but I collect stickers all over a refrigerator and freezer. So yeah. when you have a sticker, I would definitely love one for my collection over there. Yeah, we'll definitely get one to you. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just something fun. I mean, my the whole idea with my truck is it's about fun. You know, we just try to have fun with it. We want our customers to have fun. You know, while they're eating. I know that sounds kind of like cliche and goofy, but. We just want people to, you know, enjoy their food, have a good time, not take it so serious. I mean, I take it seriously, but at the same time, you know, it's the street food, you know? People are drinking and eating food and just yeah. laughing it up and looking at our goofy cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a... I actually think you're really on to something and it builds you know character and t-shirts and hats these days and people want stuff and everyone's looking for their individual thing and and how it relates to them and and all of that so i i really like i can't get my mind off of thinking about what the name should be so i'm like totally <laughs> obsessing as we're doing this podcast over it. but I so wish I'm gonna, we could take phone calls right now i know i know <laughs> call hello in. will you call in and give us a name but seriously if you guys are listening to this podcast send names and direct message or post it on social media on one of their sites and We'll make sure that they post something on social media and I'll post something because I think this is a kind of fun idea. I'm actually, as soon as I get out of here, like I'm going to do that immediately. Yeah, and I'm going to repost <laughs> it and letting everyone know the episode's coming too soon. But I want to make sure that they respond as well because I'm now I'm like fiending. What is gonna, what is it going to be? Like, tell me what it is. Yeah, we just watched like the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, the yeah. Queen movie, and I'm like, how could we like name him after like Freddie Mercury? I know. <laughs> I know that's a great one actually. I, I love that movie by the way. I think it just was so inspirational for me. And I love one. I love all musicians. Actually, in case you guys didn't know, that's how I named it Justin the Food Entrepreneurs is Deborah and I were joking around and I was like, Oh, you know, it's like Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons or <laughs> you know, something like that, or like Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five, except everyone gets a chance to be Tito and Jermaine and be on stage. Right, so, yeah. you know, it's like <laughs> And so that's how it all started. It just stuck in. And I actually just kind of threw it out there jokingly with a graphic and a logo that I threw together. And it kind of stuck faster than I could go and correct it or change yeah. it or adjust it. So I just left it alone. And uh, But that's how stuff happens, right? Yeah, it's just you just sit around and just kind of think of these funny yeah. things. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, let's just, let's just go with it. It just works. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, man, I wish I came up with some Lenny the Lobster. It's all still running through there. <laughs> so just to, I'm going to change the subject a little bit just because sure. I need to because I can't stop obsessing over the lobster name. <laughs> but So, you know, what are the next steps for you guys? What do you feel that where are you going to take it is, I mean, you're doing well, obviously. I sure. can tell by your social media and anyone who's not, uh, who's in the podcast, quick tell them where they can find you guys, what your website is, social media, and then we'll sure. answer that question. Um, so we have our website. It's www.rockandlobsterroll.net. So it's uh, the R-O-C-K-N-L-O-B-S-T-E-R.net, Rock and Lobster Roll with an N, not an and. And then our Facebook page is just, you could just look up Rock and Lobster Roll. Instagram, same thing, just rock and lobster roll. And we have a Twitter, but who uses Twitter anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> I think a lot of people do, but I'm in charge of it, and it's kind of... I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I just let it repost off of Instagram yeah, automatically because I, I, I haven't figured out Twitter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, our schedule is posted. We post our schedule on Instagram just about every Monday or Sunday or Monday. And then our, our, our website, there's a monthly schedule posted on it. And Facebook is posted weekly as well. And, okay, so then what are the – let's go back to my original question because I got distracted. But I want to make sure everyone looks at your social media because I think what you guys are doing is awesome. Is what are the next steps? What are your vision and, and sure. growth for the future? So we actually recently just signed a lease to open up – we're opening up in a food hall in Edgewater Public Market. It's opening, it's about two blocks away from Sloan's Lake in Edgewater, Colorado, uh, right off of Sheridan Boulevard. Um, so basically it's gonna be like an equivalent to Stanley Marketplace and Avanti F&B just kind of combined into one. So there's gonna be some cool local shops in there and there's gonna be bars and there's gonna be a food hall and there's gonna be, uh, on the, there's a rooftop patio with a stage that's overlooking downtown Denver. Um, so our next step is actually we are in the process of getting ready to open up that location. And so how are you going to – so you'll still run the food truck, I assume. Yes. And so this will be a complimentary, not really brick and mortar. It's more like – I mean, how do, do they work? Are they open all year round? Explain us a little bit what the food sure. hall is and how the concept works because it's the first time we've actually talked about it on one of the podcasts, but lots of these are popping up everywhere. They so are, I yeah, want to talk about this in thorough detail. Sure, so they're getting really popular. Go. So basically a food, hall, a food hall is kind of an opportunity – for, so it will look like a, like a mall food court, but it's basically, it lets businesses like food trucks, you know, come in and bring their concept into a brick and mortar type location to try out for the general public before they decide to take the next step and maybe open a restaurant. So what you see is a lot of basically food truckers moving their concept from a food truck inside this food hall to serve, you know, more people, so that, you know, there's more, there's like alcohol present and there's shopping present. And it's just a really cool, popular idea that's been happening a lot lately. Um, for anyone that's ever been to Avanti F&B in Highlands Ranch area, it's basically just all food hall. There's a bar in there with a brewery and they just basically, yeah, they bring in new people about every year or every two years to try out their concept before they take the next step with it. Um, and so this new location, Edgewater Public Market, is, you know, I, I have some re good relationships with some other food truckers in town, and a lot of them are moving their concept into there as well. So basically, you know, we will be running both businesses, the food truck and the food hall, out of one location. 
out of there. Does that kind of answer the question? About yeah, I love this. Are? My mind is going wild, and and I I'm like, oh my gosh, what if someone actually did this concept and provided the commissary for the food trucks in one location? You guys, that's exactly could, what's happening. And so that's what they're doing. Yes, yeah. that's uh, that's um, quite the. It's very well thought it's out. It's actually funny when we met the developer of the project a year ago. I asked him, can I park my food truck here? And he's like, well, I don't know. We haven't really thought about that. And I was like, I promise you, if we can't park our food truck here, I can't do it. I can't be in two different places at once. You have to give me access. So he actually took what I said, took it to the developers and everything, and came back to me and said, okay, yeah, we figured out a way. We talked to the city about how food trucks can be parked here, how you can have, you know, get your fresh water, dump your gray water. Yeah. Um, because that's important and dump your grease and everything oh else. yeah everything's going to be there so our food truck will be parked on site and we'll be doing the prepping for the food truck and the food hall all in one location and that's set to open mid-august late august early september they're um, not quite sure yet unless there's delays but yeah they're talking about august yeah i love that because um and deborah and i are involved in food truck commissaries and other locations but that's really um and not to plug us because i try not to do that because it's about you guys but that is what it really is the next step for food trucks is how to give you guys not only a commissary and location but a place where you can display your food for the public right and people can come together, but also have your mobile business go out into the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, in bringing your food to the people, but also allowing people to have one place they can go to find it. I think it's a good hybrid model to the restaurant industry. And like right. any industry, we adapt and we grow. And that's this is a logical step, in my opinion. I think um, people are getting nervous these days about committing so much money to a yeah. brick-and-mortar location because it's something like... 90% of restaurants all fail in the first year. And it's like, once that happens, it's like your life is almost over. I mean, your entire life is put into this brick and mortar location, you know, these food halls. I mean, while their leases, you know, are a little bit on the higher side, you're not committing your entire life to this. You know, if it doesn't work out for somebody, you know, their life isn't over. And I think that's why this concept is getting so popular. Now more people are willing to take a chance and open these food lo- food hall locations rather than opening a giant brick and mortar restaurant you know that has to seat 100 people and be open seven days a week and get liquor licensing and you know it's, it's a yeah. very very complicated process and i think you know when you combine you know everyone in the food hall aspect you know where it's like okay someone else is worrying about the electrical and the gas on the building someone's worrying about the liquor licensing and all that stuff. And then we're just worried about the food aspect. And then someone else worries that they bring in a janitorial crew to clean up the whole thing. It just, it just works out so much better for everyone. Well, and I think you're going to see more of the, this similar concept with the public market, um, is that's I mean I think it's key and the the other beauty of it if there's multiple of them you can have more than one food trucks and more than one location and sort of you know you kind of form this hub and spoke network of locations so if you decide you want another food truck but there's another public market say in Centennial bad example because I don't know where you'd put it but and or where there's a building but just as an example you could have a truck there and a location there as well as your location and truck in edgewater and have multiples if you wanted more trucks or you both decided to get into it or whatever and that's a little bit hard but it's better than trying to manage two restaurants yeah and and coming from designing and building we had a subsidiary that designed, built, and did restaurant equipment supplies for 10 years until we finally closed it down about two years ago. But 
the, the thing is, is restaurants aren't making money anymore because why? Because it's too much overhead to run them. It's yeah, too much it's, time. It's crazy. It's too much overhead. And when there's a swing in the market or a swing in customers, you can't take it somewhere else. Right. Exactly. You know, you're committed to this asset that's stuck in the ground and that makes it difficult. So the beauty of food trucks and, and what you're talking about is that you can circulate food within them, you know, so people can use it right. as a leaving point, but you can also move the food truck also to supplement. Right. And it. I, and like, I, that's why I, was, I told the guy it was so important to me to be able to run the food truck at the same time, because I need to stay loyal to the customers I have in other parts of the city. I don't want to lose those customers. Yeah. You Not know, to bec- mention the breweries. We have a couple breweries we really love. That yeah. We, I mean, leave. yeah, I love the breweries we go to. I love the customers that we have and I can guarantee you I'd get some backlash if I told my customers, you know, when Centennial, Oh, I'm not coming to Centennial anymore because I'm too busy over here. They'd probably pre- be pretty upset with me because yeah. they can't get their lobster fixed, but we told that we reassured everybody that knows about this that we will the truck will be operational it might be um a little bit slower the first month just because we're going to get used to the whole food hall thing making sure everything we got all our ducks in a row there Mm -hmm. and everything's okay but we will be fully armed and operational all year round well and i don't know the other laws in other state because i'm not in the alcohol business but i love what colorado has done you have these breweries but they don't serve food there's all these breweries that have popped up and then there becomes their synergistic relationship between the food trucks and the breweries all over colorado and if people don't know i think i probably mentioned on other podcasts but i can't throw a stone two miles without hitting 12 microbreweries around me here crazy and they're all so good too yeah and, and and just as an example, I can't imagine, like, who doesn't like beer and lobster? Like, I, I know, you know, I'm from the East Coast. That's what everyone does. They mm-hmm. Whether it's a lobster bake or whatever, there's always beer and kegs and, yep. and beer with it. So I, I think it's incredible. But there's also this awesome synergistic relationship where the breweries don't have to worry about food and they get to rotate the food that they offer. And that's what keeps customers coming into them. I mean, not, I mean, also they're amazing beer, but also, you know, people get different food options. I, yeah. I feel, I feel like that's very, very important to the breweries, you know, and I feel like it's just as important to us to be able to move around to different breweries as well. I feel like the relationship between breweries and food trucks is, I mean, it's, it's so important. It's ju- I feel like it's just as important for us to bring business to them, just like it's just as important for them to bring business to us. Yeah, and both of you benefit. So, I mean, it's a it's a great concept, and, and it allows for more entrepreneurialism, in my opinion, and more small businesses and more people to benefit. So. Right. Not enough states do it, in my opinion, and right. not enough cities do it. And I wish more cities did what Colorado was doing. And mm-hmm. I really hope more cities doing what you're talking about, the public market also is, you know, another synergy is there here. Yeah. You all can benefit. You all bring people together, but you also can take care of your food trucks there. And yeah. in my opinion, it's a healthier, safer environment for food being yeah. in the food environment that I'm in. I'm like, it's such an important key. And you know, and we want food to be safer for sure because we don't Absolutely. want people to get sick. So yeah. there's that. Um, God, I, this episode's been awesome because I've learned. I just feel like we've we've gone in so many directions, but it's been a learning experience. So that's obviously. I could talk great. about food and beer all day. Yeah, <laughs> especially my own business too. <laughs> I, I think um, I just really like what you're saying in in the rotation in the breweries and. 
in what's going on here in Colorado. I mean, they talked about the growth in Colorado and everyone's going to be like, oh, it's the marijuana industry. Yes, that's true. And I think that's awesome because that is a lot of small business entrepreneurs as well. I don't know if you see too many food trucks parked in front of dispensaries, but it might not be a bad idea. I know. And as I think as we see marijuana go somewhat in the direction like Amsterdam, where they actually are coffee shops or lounges yeah. where you can buy it and use it yeah. um, or smoke it or whatever you want you know or eat it or however the many uses are and and i think the edible industry in marijuana is going to be huge so as a food entrepreneur i'm very excited about that and and even just cbd oils and stuff like that but to your point i think once we start marrying the lounge to marijuana like they do in amsterdam which i think is a freaking incredible concept by the way the yeah. way amsterdam does it i mean i love it and i think it's a cool way of doing it that we're going to need food trucks there because we don't want food in there because it's like smoking cigarettes. But, you know, if you want to look at it that way, but how cool would it be to marriage the relationship and marry the food truck relationship with, you know, the shops? And it's I think crazy because, uh, you know, Denver has, you know, the 420 festival every yeah. year. And I mean, the amount of food trucks that go to this festival is like ungodly. There's something like a hundred food trucks that go because there's like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people there. You know, and the city actually charges the food trucks quite a bit of money to be there. But it's like, yeah, the relationship between marijuana and food trucks could be just this is the same as, you know, the breweries and the food trucks, too. It'd be interesting to see how it develops. Yeah. And if if it does. Well, and I'm going to totally go off on a tangent, but I feel like the deregulation of food, the deregulation of the beer to do microbreweries, and now we're talking deregulation of marijuana, like it's really... The city's growing and business is growing in Denver because mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And, and there a lot of sub-industries are benefiting from it for sure. But what we're seeing here is more entrepreneurs like yourself, you know, and room to grow. And the synergies that can happen around them. Like, I don't need to demand a brewery to have food in it. Why would I do that when there's all these people that can produce food and rotate and right. everyone can make a better living doing it and, and go out and benefit people? It truly is. A, it's a great relationship between you know the breweries and the food trucks it's it's just beneficial to everybody and like we said before you know the customers love that they can go to their favorite brewery and you know order something different every night or every other night however often they go every friday every saturday i think it's just such a cool thing you know and uh you know i definitely know i know the breweries appreciate us because we have quite a following you know that follows us you know wherever we go and we bring in a lot of you know customers to them as well so these breweries definitely love having us. <laughs> I want to give one more plug before I forget. I have some other questions, but what is the Dumb Friends League? I think it's important. I know what it is, but I want the audience to know because I want to give publicity to it because I think what you guys are doing over there is really freaking incredible, especially as an animal lover. So yeah. so the Dumb Friends League's in Denver. Uh, it's an open admission shelter. I've been there for five years. Um, it's an, an, organi- an organization that I really strongly believe in. Um, you know, what we do as an organization is absolutely incredible. Um, we're there for every animal, anytime they can come in, you know, we offer, uh, you know, not to make this really sad, but euthanasia services for the public, for people that can't afford to take them to a vet, um, as well as people that are losing their homes or, you know, 
losing their jobs and they can't afford to keep their animals where they're to provide a safe space for their animals and care for them, um, and to put them up for adoption. Um, and I've worked in multiple positions. I've done adoptions. I'm in pet admissions now, and I just really believe in the league and our views for the future. Yeah, I grew up on a horse farm, and so animals have always been part of my life. And um, adopt my parents take rescue animals in, and things like that, and dogs. And it is um, I can't even imagine what it's like on that level because just the attachment and the emotional. I mean, they truly are the most unconditional lovers, animals. Oh. I mean, it's kind of this crazy thing. We could learn a lot from them, and I don't, you know, I don't know why, but they just. They have a love for us as human beings, and and they can teach us a lot. And I just think what you guys are doing is incredible. So social media, website, how do people donate if they can donate? So ddfl.org is the Dumb Friends League website. You can donate through there. Um, We also have a Facebook page and an Instagram um, that they post um, you know, adoption stories. And also like if we have any kind of adoption specials and things like that. Um, yeah, I just, I love the organization so much. You need a dump from lobster. Maybe that would help yeah, maybe right? promote it as one of the caricatures <laughs> that you guys are working on. I not to anyway, mention we have three dogs and three hamsters from the dump friends league. Yeah. I used to love <laughs> hamsters by the way, is a weird thing I had. That's how I did my science projects. I had three hamsters and I built a maze with my dad and they were awesome. But then they all escaped and the dog and the cat got them, which is sad. But they're crafty. Yeah, they're maneuverable. They'll chew through the little plastic tubes and everything. I was amazed. But um, I think what you're doing is amazing. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're not just animals. They're, you know, you can look at it as they are our friends, as you said. And I love the name for sure because... You know, you can call them dumb, but in a lot of ways, they're probably smarter than we are. You know, there's no way. My dog knows he's going to get a belly rub when he comes and looks at me. Now, who's training who? He knows I'm going to walk where? You know, it's like he knows he's going to get a biscuit. You right. know, it's like, a, yeah, who's the dumb one? I think he's got me trained more than I think than Mallory I wants to jump in and say why it's called the Dumb Friends League. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Tell so us. So, people always ask. Um, the Dumb Friends League was founded in 1910. Uh, back then, the word dumb meant that you couldn't speak for yourself. And so, for the long longest time our views were speaking for those who can't speak for themselves um it's a name that's very well known and recognized throughout the country um but we definitely don't think animals are dumb we love them all well that's actually uh, i'm glad you said that because it's interesting how terms change meaning yeah i want you to repeat that just so the audience hears that i think it's an important thing sure So the Dumb Friends League was founded in 1910. Um, The word dumb back then meant that you couldn't speak for yourself. Um, And so our motto for a very long time was speaking for those who can't speak for themselves, which is what we've carried through. Um, It's not that we think animals are dumb. Um, We actually love them unconditionally. Uh, The people that I work with are incredible. They all have the same views and the um, amount of compassion that we show is pretty incredible. And I think it's important. We do motivational Mondays on this podcast, but I think what you just did was something amazing for everyone is that sometimes our understanding of things and the way we perceive them is not exactly what they are. And I just did it exactly. And so I think 
um, wow, you just blew my mind. You actually <laughs> might have just made my day um, because I think that's incredible that I had no idea actually and I'd heard of it before and everything like that, but just the explanation and being able to tell everyone in the audience and explain something and throw a fact out there that's pretty amazing. So thank you. And of I know course. we're off a of food topic, but we're this we do this to give back Deborah and I and we do this to help other entrepreneurs learn from one another but I think what you're doing from a giving standpoint and you guys are doing over there is incredible so I want to make sure if you guys want to donate donate to the dumb friends league and just especially if you didn't know what dumb really meant I think you should donate twenty dollars right now (laughs) so I will put a link on the podcast (laughs) notes i'm gonna go donate money because i feel like i should because i just got knowledge and she gave it to me for free but i'm willing to to pay for it for sure so i'm (laughs) gonna go go talk to my business manager and and we'll we'll get that done it's a good tax write-off yeah it is and so i actually really thankful that you you know agreed to come do this and mallory wasn't going to get on the microphone at first so She's come a long way just in the, the hour and 15 minutes we, we've been here and, and been recording. But I wanted to say thank you because we always talk about food and stuff and giving back, but we don't talk about things like that. And interestingly, I'll give a plug. We've actually going to record a dog biscuit company that does all natural dog biscuits because dog food and people don't realize dog and cat food has to live under the same regulations as food and yep. same inspections and same and quality is important and things like that so you know where it comes from uh, to me is important being in food so um it's actually kind of interesting because a friend of mine's mom owns a dog biscuit company she started incorporating cbd into the yeah. dog biscuits to help you know dogs that are in, you know animals that are in pain kind of a natural way so yeah, we were talking about the marijuana thing earlier, yeah. and it's like, God, it's even making its way into the dog food industry yeah. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it helps with strokes for the dogs yeah. and pain, and, and I mean, same with humans and PTSD and trauma, and, and like they do with veterans in it. And um, I haven't released the episode yet, so the audience hasn't heard it as we're recording this, but they will when this release. But it is becoming a big thing, and we're going to see a lot of CBD. Yes. Integrated in a lot of things and a lot of mixing of Eastern and Western medicine and a lot of integration into food and stuff like that. It excites me. And I think food in general is in a new revolution. But when we mix in the revolution that we're seeing with marijuana, which I'm all for, you know, there is, you know, instead of taxing it and taking all this time to to fight it, let's embrace it and see what we do with it and see what the benefits are. And we talk about this a little bit. One of the benefits in food and food deserts is because marijuana has become so popular and we're learning to grow it through hydroponics and aquaponics, that the cost of growing food indoors has become so much cheaper because there's all these people buying up the supplies to do indoor marijuana farming. So something happening we're going to start seeing food deserts have indoor farming. And that's a direct result of the boom in the marijuana industry and the legalization in this country. So I think it's important. So let's get back to the rock and lobster roll because I wanted to give that plug because I didn't want to forget. It's very important. No, it is. And it's very important to me. And I'm glad we talked about it. And I'm definitely going to ask more questions after the episode. And she has the hardest job amongst and, of us. <laughs> and and maybe and you got we can talk about it but i'd like to actually maybe just do an episode and it's totally off of food 
and it'll, but I'll make it part of the food entrepreneurs. Cause I think part of what we're doing is giving back. I'd like to do just an episode on, um, the dumb friends league as a That's special cool. episode out of our normal pattern as like a special weekend episode on, yeah. on giving back because we're seeing people do that. I know one of the things is like, there's also the Mac and cheese truck or uh, Mac and noodles Mac and, and they're doing the Mac and cheese 5k to raise money for good things. And so I like what that's doing. And I think generally entrepreneurs have a good heart, especially now mm-hmm. I wouldn't say always, but now we're seeing that giving back is part of it. So, um, if you'd be interested and you can talk to whoever I'd love to do just an episode on you yeah, guys here absolutely. sometime soon. So, Okay, now I'm really off topic. <laughs> but anyway, so what are on the food truck? I'm going to go straight to the question. What are the things you love doing and what are the things you hate doing, both of you? Because you both work on it. And do you actually I have one more question that before you answer that one? Do you have other employees or is it just the two of you? Uh, I do have another employee and it's actually funny. Uh, he just started up with me about a month ago. Uh, we, were at, we actually met in New York at the Culinary Institute of America. Um, and we've been friends ever since. I started CIA in 2006, so we met 13 years ago, and we both just happened to be living in Colorado. I mean, he's got a wife and two kids and a third on the way now. He just started working with me about a month ago, so it's so cool to, you know, to just to have this guy with me. I mean, he's so talented, and his name's Greg, and I, I'm just really thrilled to have him aboard. He's just another great chef mind to have uh, working with me. So, yes, I have one other employee. <laughs> well, I was just thinking if you... I was going to say this, and I'm back to the lobster name, and I do want to answer the question, but if you see Greg, you could give him a pound, and then I'm like, oh, what about two pounds the lobster? Bam, bam, you know, like the little pounds, you know, knuckle to knuckles for those who can't visualize what I'm doing in the studio here. I just realize that I'm doing hand motions and no one knows what I'm saying. Anyway, it may not be a good one, but lobsters are about two pounds generally, aren't they? Yeah, or, yeah about one, uh, one, and, one and three quarters. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Give me some claw dog, you know? It's like, <laughs> claw dog. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so what are the things you like and don't like doing them, both of you, because you both work on the food truck? Um, I mean, to me, the best part about the food truck is the fact that it's, it's our thing, you know? This is our restaurant. Um, it's definitely a lot of work, but I'd much rather work harder for myself than work for anyone ever again. I mean, it's just, it, we just know that, you know, we, we, we get out of it what we put into it. You know, I know if I have to work 13, 14 hours a day, you know, I'd rather work 13 to 14 hours a day for myself versus eight hours for, on someone else's payroll. Um, that's the thing I love about the most is that, you know, we created something out of thin air and made this, you know, this big thing. And it just, it just feels great, you know, to be able to do that. And to also make great food at the same time and to t- have people tell you, you know, the food is fantastic. That's definitely my favorite part about the whole thing. There's not too much I don't enjoy about it. I, I'm happy waking up every morning, going to work, you know. Um, winter is always tough, you know. That's probably the... The not best part about it, you know, is when you have bomb cyclones, <laughs> you have to miss two <laughs> days of work because of it. Those aren't always the, the best things, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, there's not too much I don't like about my job. It's kind of like having a school day off, though, while you want to work. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. like, school's canceled. <laughs> yeah. We light a fire at home and just binge Netflix all day. It's pretty it, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, my favorite is, 
I actually just really love seeing people's reactions to the food. I love when they are like, this is my first time on the truck. And I, somebody just told me about this. And then they come back and they're like, that's the best thing I've had, you know, ever best lobster roll ever. Or I'm from new England and that's better than home. Um, Andrew actually had some guy, he tried our food at Copper Kettle on a Friday, and then the next day he was waiting on the phone to call into a radio show about restaurants to, like, gush about how good the food was, and that was his first time experiencing the food truck, and I think that's so cool. The Warren Barn Barn restaurant show, it's on every Saturday, I don't know the guy's name exactly, but um, people call in and talk about restaurants they liked or don't like. It was actually funny when I tuned in, there was like three callers back to back to back just called in to bash these restaurants. I was like, this is awful. This, yeah. is, this is so bad. It's like, it's like Yelp for radio. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> well, it's interesting, but one of the things I've learned being in food for so long is more people speak about what they don't like yes. than what they do. The people that love it generally don't yeah. rave about it mm-hmm. because they just keep coming back. Which is extremely unfortunate for our business. Yeah, I mean, for, for the restaurant industry in itself. Yeah. They say like, you know, if one person likes your food, they'll maybe tell one other person. But if one yeah. person hates your food, they'll tell 10 other people. Yeah, it's exactly... But I don't see, I don't feel like we see a lot of people like that. Like we just get really great followers. They yeah. follow us everywhere. We had a guy make a YouTube tube video for, he was from Connecticut. He came all the way down from Castle Rock and put it on YouTube about trying the lobster roll for the first time. It's just really, I think that's my favorite is just seeing people's reactions to what Andrew's creating. So do you do special events and catering and things like that? And uh, we've actually, we've done a couple weddings for some people. Um, we have done some special events as well. Um, the catering is kind of always like the most nerve wracking thing. Like if you're doing someone's wedding, it's a lot of pressure to make sure that you make someone's wedding day perfect. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I just got married in October and I wanted it to be perfect, you know? And so I feel like it's a lot of pressure to make, if someone wants, you know, spending a lot of money on, you know, 200 lobster rolls, you're like, man, that's, that's a lot of pressure, but yeah. Um, no, wedding, weddings are fun. The, the brides and grooms have always been really cool and really nice. And um, we, have, we have done bir- people's birthday parties. They've thrown lobster-themed birthday parties at their houses. And we've driven out to people's houses and parked the food truck. And people have come and order from the food truck at, from the house. And they, like, this one couple, made the little wife made, like, a lobster cake for the <laughs> husband. It's, it's just so, there's lobster balloons everywhere. Yeah, yeah. This is so cool. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, Gosh, we used to, I mean, we were from the East Coast, but there was a game, and I can't remember what what the game actually was called, but we'd give people lobster bellies, and it'd be like slapping each other in the belly as hard as you can (laughs) until it was red like a lobster. Yeah, I I remember the game. Yeah, so... uh, (laughs) As a kid. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I actually, and I think that's great. So I think, you know, if people are interested in the Colorado, Denver area and doing that, I, I encourage them to reach out for you, right? Reach out to you. And I can't say it on the air just yet, but there is maybe something I want to talk to you guys about after for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I forget, I better say it out loud. And so what, I mean, what do you guys feel that, you know, do you feel that, you know, things are going well. Do you feel that you, your following's going well? I mean, you just got married, you know, so how is that going? How are you juggling the relationship? Does, you know, to be 
perfectly dive right into your personal life. <laughs> no worries. Um, business is great. Our, our married life is wonderful. I mean, we're both just so busy all the time um, that we, like I said, we really treasure every moment we have with each other. Um, we know that, you know, my wife understands that growing a business takes a lot of time and it takes me away from her a lot and she's really understanding and really, really supportive, which is crucial to, you know, operating and growing the business. Um, she knows that I have to be away from home a lot, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, everything, everything's great for us. We have no complaints. Sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good attitude, seriously, because sometimes things are going to get frustrating and take time away and having yeah. that attitude is huge. And one of the other things I want to talk about is, um, and I thought about it earlier and I got sidetracked, but I think it's amazing that you actually make sure your lobster's flown in and you cook it right away. Mm-hmm. Because even on the East Coast, people get the lobster in and it'll sit for days. So mm-hmm. freshness is a relative term in it's terms of the seafood. the most important aspect of the job is the freshness of the seafood. It's definitely the most, that is where our biggest overhead comes in. Is making sure the lobster's fresh, flown in right away. I mean, from the time that I call my distributor to the time it's, you know, at the door is less than 24 hours. So it's really, I mean, I might call them, you know, at, you know, 2 p.m. Denver time and it's at the door at 9 a.m. the next day. Yeah, I love that. And it's, um, well, people talk about sustainable and local when it comes to seafood the 24-hour period, if you fly it in and it's held properly into temperature, it's some amazing stuff going on it comes there. In, and I think it's all important. the lobsters and seaweed and like right out of the ocean, like it's so cool how it comes in. They come in and they're flopping around and jumping around and yeah, they don't they're, know they're, they're lively. Yeah, yeah. So. They're lively. They just may know they're going to get cooked soon, but I yeah. doubt it. I mean, they're but I think that's incredible what you're doing and I think the concept is amazing. So I really thank you guys for being on. And so you know, part of what we're doing on this podcast is also bringing you guys back in in eight to ten months to mm-hmm. to see how your journey's going. And so, I'd obviously that gets Edgewater Public Market open, mm-hmm. and you know, around that time, or and we'll make sure we we stage it for after that point because obviously your story you learned a lot at the beginning of a food truck so i don't even need to ask you what you would go back and tell yourself what if you would do it again i mean it's pretty Ooh. obvious but definitely I will go to that it. first guy again yeah <laughs> but other than that i mean what are some of the things you would wish you could go back two years and tell yourself outside of the the food truck debacle and outside of the the first the grand opening what are some of the things you wish you knew outside of that Oh, man, that's a tough one because it just kind of came at us so quickly. I don't know. I think I would go back and tell Andrew to trust his instincts. I think he he definitely, he has talent for days, but, um, you know, he was very unsure of if this was going to work. And I had to kind of just like be like, no, I think this is a great idea. This is, you know, obviously you already have all these Facebook followers. And so I think trusting his instincts and believing in himself is probably the biggest one to start with. I mean, he's there now for sure. Yeah, what she said. 
<laughs> well, I think it. I think it's so important because it, and people don't realize this, and I'm going to say this in bearing out. What did you just say? But there is when you have a relationship with someone, and Deborah and I have, is we're willing to fail together, and if we fail, we'll just figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you have that bond. Like, generally, you don't fail. Like, I don't, because you're like, okay, we'll figure it out, and you're willing to work at it, and you already have that relationship where you know where the bottom is, so you kind of never go there, because you're like, okay, we know it's there, we agree we'll be okay if we get there, so there's no fear of going there, and without the fear of going there, you don't focus on it, and therefore, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so, I like that you guys just said that for sure, and it's something... When I mentor people, definitely I tell them because I'm like, this is, you focus on it, it's going to happen because you're going to spend your energy on it. And if you don't focus on it and you already know that it's okay if it happens, then this miraculous thing happens, especially in relationships and and when you're entrepreneurs. So I wanted to thank you guys again. I look forward to having you back on. I do want to really do the Dumb Friends League episode as a give back for sure, just because I think it's important and I want to share it with all of our listeners. And I think the world should know what you guys are doing, really. It was was fun to come share our story and talk about it. Yeah, we don't get an opportunity to do this too much. And it's our first time ever being on a podcast. So. Yeah, we hope to do it again with you, too. Well, you're going to be on two and three. I've already, I'm have already getting you guys signed up. Yeah. So we're going to commit to do one for the Dumb Friends League. And then also I want to really get you guys back on and hear your story of progression. Can you, if you, can guys you go like, mobile? with your Do it live? Yeah, well, we will go mobile. <laughs> we will be mobile, actually. And actually, we just opened our second studio in Milledgeville, Georgia, because oh, nice. we spend a lot of wow. time there. And, and then we have figured out how to bring the podcast with us because... Um, as any business grows and you guys learn things when you become popular, you're doing something right. A lot of people start listening and are curious and, and more people want it and stuff like that. And then you have people that want you to bring it to them. And, you know, that takes effort. It's like a food truck. I have to physically go there, but I'm like, at first I'm like, why would I want to do that? But I'm like, okay, if I can bring it and show the experience to people and actually get people in their environments, yeah, I would love to do something with Edgewater. And if you have people that want to be on the podcast, I'll share anyone's story. So if you want to share with people, you know, I'm all about supporting, you know, the local businesses, especially food trucks. We're such a, you know, chef driven business. You know, we all work for ourselves. And I think there's so much more passion coming from these food truck owners because it's them on a plate. You know, they're putting their heart and soul into these, you know, these food trucks and these businesses. You know, some people look at it as like, oh, you know, it's just a food truck. But it really is, you know, this is our livelihood. This is our lives. And we put everything we have, you know, just to be able to serve you guys, you know, for four or five hours a day. You know, we we sacrifice, you know, time with our families, our lives. You know, um, it's definitely we put a it's you have to have a lot of passion and food truckers are definitely passionate people. So thank you for supporting us as well. Yeah. And I, I think it's important because your stories are important because it's not what we see on TV. It's not a food truck race across the country and <laughs> people that don't have any food truck experience suddenly given a food truck, a lot of food trucks that you guys have been in the industry, your you have background and in, in being mm-hmm. a chef, you have experience in food in some way or, or marketing and, and people don't realize the amount of time and effort it really takes or have an appreciation for it. And I think that's important too. So, you know, and you know, people think, 
you know, veterans, which, hey, thank you for serving our country. But I also thank all the entrepreneurs because they create jobs, they create economies, right. and they're making this country and the world for all the entrepreneurs that listen and all over. You're making the world a better place, whether we know it or not. They, we're heroes in our communities mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs. We create jobs, we, we move money, and we cr- create economies. So, yeah, please share it. I'd love to have any of the breweries or anybody you know that you know in the industry pass on the word i will i will take them all because i'm like the more we can get on here and the more stories we can share and then have more and more people back on Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a message out there for people of hope and inspiration and motivation and you know lift people's spirits and like it's like we're really on to something and we talk about it sometimes on the podcast we you know we talk about the greatest generation being world war ii people in Mm -hmm. in the united states but I think it might be us or the generation after us because we're creating such a, an entrepreneurial world and the greatest generation doesn't have to be because of war or what happened or hard work. It could be because we just end up doing what's right by everyone by creating business opportunities and people to learn and jobs and supporting small businesses and communities and, and really focusing on the people. So it's a little bit of my hope and dreams. It may not, it may be far off. We'll see what happens, but it's good to have them. So thank you guys again for being on and supporting my dream of doing this and and other small businesses and willing to share your story so they can learn. And if I can say something to all the young chefs out there that might be listening, this is something I wish someone always would have told me. When I got started, it's always don't get flustered. Keep your ears and your eyes and your everything open. Keep your mouth shut, but ask questions when it's important. Don't get frustrated. And if you have passion, just keep it going. Because I know in the beginning it's rough and the money is always in there in the beginning. But if you are passionate, it'll come to you. I, I mean, because it's, it's really, really hard in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You'll have people screaming in your face and just, just sit there and take it. Be humble and just take it and then move on. I love that. And a little bit of the food truck thing. I mean, sometimes, and we, uh, Deborah and I talk about it, sometimes we don't get what we want. We get what we need. Mm-hmm. And and we need to be humbled and we need to be grateful and we need to learn lessons a hard way. And sometimes it hurts financially or emotionally or ego. But it's often, as entrepreneurs, we get it a lot more, I feel, than other people because life is constantly hard knocks. But mm-hmm. you grow so fast and it's so amazing. And I can just... You know, two years, you guys, I mean, it's phenomenal, right? Like, look where you are. It's pretty awesome. Like, and you probably wouldn't trade your life for anyone's in the world. I wish I could tell, you know, go back to myself 15 years ago and say, this is where you're going to end up. I know it's hard, but just keep on going and don't give up your passion and you're going to be in a really good place. You know, there are times, you know, in the industry where, you know, you're not paid more than $12, $13 an hour, you know, and you struggle to make the rent and everything. But if you stay passionate about it and just focus on making good food and then you know it'll it'll come to you eventually yeah and there's no overnight success right you had no. to learn all of those experiences in this to be business. where you are yeah unless you were born with a lot of money yeah <laughs> there's no success overnight in this business you're right yeah and i and i love it because the disadvantages in food and beverages and nutrition at least that i found with everyone that we work with and and all the entrepreneurs we help it's an advantage because that disadvantage forces you to do things that you would never do and find belief in yourself and hardship and mental toughness and things that you doubted yourself before you have to face them it's the craziest thing and that's where i'm like 
the, we, the greatest generation. We have more entrepreneurs and small businesses entering the world than ever, and we're all learning these lessons. Mm-hmm. So I think we're really going to help people in the long run. So I thank you guys for what you yeah, do. No, thank and, you very much. Thank and you. thank you for helping animals because that is important to me growing up <laughs> on course. a horse farm. I got to tell you, it's uh, <laughs> you know, there was a time in my life where I'm like, oh, my gosh, if only people could be like the animals in my life, you know. <laughs> Yes. And I, actually, there was a time that I liked the animals more than I liked people, but I've come to appreciate both differently for in the most respect. So I do love people, and I love interviewing and hearing the stories. It's just understanding that everyone's different, I think, is an important part of life. So 100%. Thank you guys again. This is oh, Justin. Thank you. This is Justin, the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. And uh, if you like what we're doing, please share it with your friends. Everyone's coming here, volunteering their time, doing it for free. Share about the Dumb Friends League. Donate money, like I said. We're doing it for free. It's the only time I'm going to ask you guys to actually put your hand in your pocket for money. Donate money to the Dumb Friends League. What they're doing is a good thing. Other than that, all we ask is that you share it with your friends and your family. Promote what they're doing. Share the love. Tell people stories. Go eat at the Rock and Lobster Roll because... It's awesome. I hear. I'm going to go do it soon. I should probably eat at the places before I bring them on the podcast. <laughs> Hindsight. Good. But uh, no, but uh, raving reviews, seriously. And I don't want to get off on a track as I'm at, at the ending the episode. But your reviews are amazing. And you guys are doing a really good job. And, you know. Thank you. You we, should be proud. Seriously. We love, we love like, our customers very much. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> They have great customers. You guys are doing great. I'm going to be one of them soon because I know Deborah is going to want us to go there and try a whoopie pie as well. The wicked <laughs> whoopie pies. Oh, man. And so thank you guys for listening in. Everyone have a great day. And I appreciate all you guys do. If you want to reach out to Rock and Lobster Roll and help them with a name for their lobster, you can check out their social media feeds. Uh, it's Rock and Lobster on Instagram and Facebook and not and. And uh, you can reach me at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs um, on Instagram and Facebook and pass it on. But as we get off, you guys want to just tell us your website and your your social media handles one more time? Sure. So the website is www.rockandlobsterroll.net. Facebook is just the tag Rock and Lobster Roll. Instagram, I believe, is Rock and Lobster Roll. And Twitter is Rock and Lobster Roll without the O after the R. Oh, wow. That's a, that was pretty good. I couldn't remember all that. I've actually. had to say it quite a few times. <laughs> so thank you guys again. I know I'm super full of gratitude, but I really love this episode. So everyone listening in again, please share it. And this is Justin, the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. And everyone have a great day. Bye.